you are not alone, coach. This is the podcast that wants you to feel part of something bigger. There are others just like you, just like me, and we get together to talk cricket coaching right here. And it's never been more important to find support because there's never been more confusion about what cricket coaching actually is. The old ways, the ways of your father and your grandfather, are fading fast and new ideas are being thrown around at a breakneck speed. It's a mess. Or, as my co-host for this week's put it, it's a fabulous crisis. That co-host is Rick Walton, also known as Cricket Man Wales Online, and he's helping me put the chairs into a circle in the church hall so we can talk each other down. Hi, Rick. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Can you tell us a bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I'm very proud to be a, a cricket coach for Cricket Wales. So I am what we call a community cricket coach. So I'm one of the guys, I always say basically, I'm the daft bugger who goes into schools and throws, throws balls around with kids. I do coaching at a regional level. So if you like more talented boys, girls, um, I've done a certain amount of work with local women recently, which has been great. So it's the usual kind of crazy, but you know, really pretty wonderful range of, of different coaching uh, arenas, shall we say. You wrote an article, uh, it was a while back now, but uh, I think it applies just as much now as it did then, called A Fabulous Crisis, which um, I will provide a link to for people who want to read that, and I highly recommend that they do. But in that article, you put it that there's a drift, there's a drift away from expert cricket-specific coaching towards what we might call generic skills moderation. In your mind, what, what does that mean? I mean, it was a general, you know, there is always dangers being very general here, aren't there? But the general feeling, I, I suppose, and the reason why I wrote the article was because I find it fascinating and kind of exciting, but also really pretty significant challenge for all of us, a lot who are coaches. Um, that, that, you know, given that there are 59 different revolutions going on in cricket at the moment, you know, yeah. on the pitch, off the pitch, everywhere you look, um, suddenly, you know, with a real kind of urgency, coaching feels very different or what we can do, you know, reasonably, what is reasonable to say as a coach now feels really pretty different to what it might have been a few years ago, not many years ago, because, you know, the game itself is, was way outstripped the expectations maybe or the limitations maybe of what we're going to have to call traditional cricket coaching. You know, we've got to re renew ourselves, I think, as coaches because it's just not viable anymore to stand there and demonstrate a forward defensive you know, uh, uh, on any level. Well, on, yeah, in certain situations, maybe. Um, but I don't think anymore it's acceptable to kind of unload that knowledge as though it is the gospel on the player. I wonder if there is a, a certain case for people who have done things in a certain way for a long time and they are seeing, like you're seeing, that the change is happening um, at, at every level of the game, you know, through coaching theory, you know, the, the academics all the way through to um, the, the guys who are, you know, as you put in your article, Brendan McCullum, who does all kinds of crazy things and smashes the ball all over the place and, you know, he wouldn't have been able to do that 30 years ago. Um, it, it's it, it, everything is crumbling around around us really uh, in terms of the structures that we use and the methods that we use and uh, some people I think you are in this camp I'm certainly in this camp are trying to embrace that and trying to say okay what can we do here how can we use this to our advantage and I do feel like I do feel like there's another group 
who uh, we almost have to justify ourselves to to this group a bit more traditionalist a bit more technical and a bit more saying to themselves look i've done this for t- 10 years i've done this for 20 years i've done this for 30 years that all this newfangled stuff needs to go away we need to get back to basics and start doing things in the in the way that worked for me do you think that do you think that kind of conflict exists actually exists uh, or do you think it's just a bit of a thing that only occurs on facebook and twitter no i think it does exist i think that there are lots of people you know and again one of the things i love again is this kind of fabulous i keep coming back back to that because it's fabulous in the sense of hardly believable you know wonderfully disproportionate passionate exchange that goes on all the time now we've all got you know ideas that we we just believe very very deeply and clearly those have got to be respected but i think we're in a, a place where it's just not sustainable it's not right to do very much um preaching stroke demonstration call it what we will you know old school uh coaching is not applicable or right i think maybe i'm I'm going to use that word uh given the changes given the cultural changes around all of us you know not you know the, the levels of knowledge that everybody has the levels of information that everybody has if we talk about embracing that you're absolutely right you know this is a sport we're talking about and we love the game you know in a relaxed kind of way if this isn't that's crazy um contradiction and maybe it is um in a fairly relaxed fun enjoyable kind of way we have to kind of shrug our shoulders and say you know what you know maybe i don't do much talking maybe i don't do much talking i do some really good asking of some really good questions because i think this player needs to get to a certain area without overloading or going too far with technical information we need to know technical information but we want to be pretty sparing how we use that i think or or the manner in which we use that is very very important I want to get practical. I'll just say one more thing about that, just to sort of kind of support what you're saying, which is I think we need to start looking at coaching based around the environment and the society almost that we that we are in, and that you can't get away from that, and you have to start with that. You can't start with saying, "Look, this is the technique that the MCC manual says," so that's correct you know that manual was written in 1952 it's going to be of its time so we must be of our time as well and and that can be that whole idea of change is a big thing but let's but let's move on to the practical so we sort of move away from the philosophical side of it let's say that we've got someone listening to this who thought to themselves do you know what i want to give all this newfangled stuff a try I, I've, I've been demonstrating for defensive to kids but uh, i want to try something different i want to try something new so where do you where do we start with that coaching Practically speaking, you know, where does a coach who wants to try this this sort of new way start? What's what's a couple of ideas that you can give them? Okay, well, one one of them, honestly, and this is very much off the top of my head, is is kind of let go of the idea that this is this has got to be proper cricket. You know, I think we've got to be mm. pretty relaxed about that because my experience, and again, I think this probably holds for higher levels as well or older groups as well. Um, sorry, that's my dog shaking. If you hear a weird noise in the background, <laughs> oh, welcome. That's the first dog on this podcast, so. Congratulations. She's fabulous. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, this, you know, I think, forgive me if it sounds glib and obvious, but I, I, I would happily stand by this. 
kids in particular love to move. There is something about movement. There is something about catching a ball and running, you know, or just running. Um, so I would be very, very high on the list would be get get these urchins moving and have a bit of fun and, and, and think about how you talk to them. I, you know, I, we're all different personalities. Of course we are, but I am, you know... Uh, a daft happy kind of bloke in front of my urchins and I call them that or earthlings or something just get bring a smile bring some you know um, give them all a ball get them bouncing it or catching it or showing you a trick between their you know wherever catching it between the shoulder blades in the hood of the hoodie whatever I would be doing lots of things like that you know I mean uh, it can be very simple it can feel like a bit of fun with some movement, some throwing, some bouncing it against a wall, different tricks, basketball skills, whatever. They want to be kind of entertained. They want to charge about and have a giggle with their mates. Uh, and so if that means, you know, us letting go maybe of some of the cricket drills or cricket-specific drills, um, you know, what's the hurry? Let's get to them when, you know, as soon as you like, if, if they are likely to encourage action and smiles and giggles and all that daft stuff because i think that is really very important i think it is just to develop that as well it's i always think it's not an either or right you don't necessarily have to say well hang on just because you're having fun doesn't mean you're not playing properly right you can you can whatever properly means which is it's a bit of a vague word isn't it uh, but whatever properly means you can build in proper cricket into the most fun games i i was doing some beginner stuff um earlier uh, well, a few months ago, I was doing some beginner stuff, and these, these kids have never played cricket before. They never held a cricket bat before, um, and the game that we played, we called it the uh, we called it the V game. I think you know where we're going with this. We stuck two cones uh, at sort of mid on and mid off, uh, put some stumps down, and then said, uh, "There you go, whack the ball between those two cones. Off you go." And they loved it. They absolutely loved it. And they didn't know that they were learning to play straight and, you know, use the full face of the bat and all, all the rest of it. But they were all they were all doing their own version of that thing. And I think if you can build those things into those games, then that's where you can develop forwards into, I hate the word serious, but into more in, into players who, uh, who have built a love of the game and now they're trying to improve their performance within the game rather than just enjoy the game for the sake of the game. You can, even with really very good players, you can still say, here's two cones, try and whack the ball between them, can't you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, you know, the, the sort of corniest of all of the drills, if we're going to call that, um, you know, just putting a ball or a series of balls on a series of tees, you know, with a group of children and rotating them in and out. And they just have, you know, I call it a boomathon. And now <laughs> it. If you you know you you use other th- games around that as well, but actually you could do you can do twenty minutes something like with a class full of children. Uh, if you have four of them lined up going pow, and you say virtually nothing other than come on, I want to see your cheesiest grin, and I want you to wallop it, mate. And that's why we got into the game, right? We didn't get into the game because we had, you know, my my dad, Yorkshireman, taught me, you know, how to play the four defensive. Uh, just I think two days after I learned to walk. But that wasn't what got me into the game. What got me into the game was whacking the ball with my mates in the garden or, or going down the cricket club. And, and those things happen less now. There's more formal, less informal stuff. 
So we have to rebuild that, I think. We have to rebuild that informal stuff at whatever level we're talking about. You adapt it, but you rebuild it. I wanted to ask you about two... We're getting very short on time here, so I want to ask you about very two two more things. First of all, this idea of... This, this classical idea of coaching, which is identify a, a, a fault, correct that fault with drills. Is that something you still think that there is a place for? Or is that a whole idea of sort of everything is self-discovery now? Is Within all that, is there still a place, do you think, for that identifying correct model? I think there probably is, actually. And again, I know this cuts against most of what we've said before, but I think there probably is. But, how, you know, how well am I going to read this human in front of me? Whether or not she's an eight-year-old girl or a 35-year-old woman or whatever, because that relationship is only going to work, and it is a relationship, if you if you get it, if you can read the human in front of you. And I think there are, I can foresee or I can remember situations where individual players, what they really need is a bit more of a technical framework, shall we say, shall we put it that way. Again, that's one of the great challenges, isn't it? You know, and again, so I come back to the original point that it's, it's about this individual in front, front of you. What do they, you know, what's going to work for them? Never mind how much knowledge you've got. It might be information does it. Uh, more often, I think it's going to be, you know, a questioning, a sort of a searching um, s- centred on them, delivered by them. Yeah, I, I I saw this on Twitter the other day when I was talking about this. The um, Instead of using identify and correct, use identify and enhance. And then that you're looking at strengths, you're looking at weaknesses rather than fitting people into a model. I like I like that. So uh, the the second thing I wanted to ask you about was the difference between coaching bowling and coaching batting. I think what we tend to do as coaches, and we've done it on this very podcast, is when we talk about coaching, we really, really heavily focus in on batting. And then we forget about those poor bowlers. <laughs> is there any difference between the way that you coach bowling and the way that you coach batting? Good, very good question. Not one that I've thought specifically about. I've got to be honest. I was coaching a young girl last night on a one-to-one bowling. Okay, she wants to invent herself or reinvent herself as a, a leg spin bowler. Try, again, and try to keep technical input down because this is always the, the challenge. Is am I giving this you know uh, this wee human forty-two technical things to think about here? No, I'm definitely not going to do that. But I, I might need to give her two. Lots of encouragement. Um, so again, it's, yeah, good question. I, I don't, I'm not thinking, I'm not feeling actually like there is much difference in terms of the app, the amount of technical input we need to, or if there is a difference, shall I say, between the levels of technical input for bowling or batting. And, and I guess the, the way that you know, I've been thinking about this for a while, it's something that it's, it's not... You know, you had to think think while you were talking there as well. This is what I love about um, about you know what you called right at the beginning the fabulous crisis. Right, this is about this is not about some guru who knows all the answers to every question immediately that, that you say it. And I would always be cautious of anyone who can just off the top of their head answer with 100% certainty 100% of the time I feel like that is that is something that no one is really capable of doing and anyone who does do that is either an extremely good um, fast thinking public speaker and can speak with confidence with no with no trouble at all or um, they are locked into a type of thinking which is going to make them out of date eventually you know maybe you think that 
they're not as out of date as someone else does but eventually because the way the world changes you are you're going to get out of date if you're certain all the time so i think that's that gets to the heart of what we were talking about doesn't it one of the things I think is great and kind of funny about all of us as coaches, as a, particularly as blokes, let's be honest, there is a lot of bravado, there's a lot of machismo around all this stuff, uh, and we have to let a fair lump of that go as well, I think, just to be you know, generous enough to, to, to offer to offer the, the player the opportunity to, to find their way rather than us bundle them inevitably towards what we, in inverted commas, know. Now, that's a big challenge. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay to say I don't know. Let's find out, though. You know, I think that's a really powerful thing to say. Well, Rick, thank you very much. That is fantastic. We've gone way longer than I uh, than I was hoping for, but um, I'm gonna, I'm going to cut this down so we'll get you know we'll have a nice uh, short show for people. But if it's a little bit longer than usual, then hopefully you're going to get something practical and useful from it if you if you're listening. So for people who are listening and they wanted to get in touch with you or follow the stuff that you put on the internet, how could they follow you in that way? Yeah, well, no, I, as you've said, I am a blogist and I do that for fun and because I can't stop myself and I do like this idea of being just part of a conversation that we're all having so I write a blog that is at cricketmanwales.com I'm a bit of a Twitter fiend and I'm at cricketmanwales on Twitter if anybody wants to join in with any of that stuff that would be fabulous as well Brilliant. Thank you, Rick. And uh, for anyone listening to this, you can find me at my home base, which is david25.com. And if you're looking for uh, coaching or coach education uh, anywhere around Scotland, but particularly in Glasgow, then uh, you can can get in touch with me through my website. And that is the end of another episode of You Are Not Alone Coach. Thanks for listening.